Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about the biggest issue in 2020 is America's identity, Sanders' fake freedom, the Socialist Conference over July 4th, the National Conservative Conference this week, a little compare and contrast, and finally, I want to talk about today what American nationalism means. And of course, I want to tell you why these stories matter to you. Please stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. And welcome again to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. For today's First Five, I just want to hit on the overarching idea that in the 2020 elections, the presidential election coming up next year, the single most important issue, overarching issue, is simply what is the identity of America? I know I've talked many times in this show about the importance of a variety of issues. We talk about border security and immigration policy and tax policy and refugee policy and United Nations and our relation to them and free markets versus socialism. And all of those are underlying issues that will be uh, on people's minds in 2020. But the overarching issue that America needs to think about, address and answer correctly is the question, Really, what does America mean? What is the identity of America? Because as you know, I think if you listen to the show very often, you must know, I do this show to speak up for the extraordinary and unique greatness of America. The point of doing my show is to try to lay out the arguments, to tell the history, to explain the ideas and the founding of America, all leading to the point that America's extraordinary position in the world as the world's safest, freest, most prosperous, most successful country, the country, literally every refugee who needs to leave their home country and go somewhere, so many, the majority of them would like to come to America. And there's a reason for America's unique greatness. And the reason is the ideas in the founding of our country, the founding in the Declaration, as spelled out in the Declaration of Independence and later in embellished and developed in the Constitution, those founding ideas are what the difference is that makes America great. One of the core ideas in the founding of America is that individuals, each of us have the right to live in freedom. We have the right, God-given, not given by the government or any other entity, God-given right to live our lives pursuing liberty, pursuing our version of life, liberty, and happiness. We have the right to have a government were founded on the idea that government exists to protect those rights, to protect individuals in their God-given freedoms, and their freedoms to, and that's why we have all those freedoms spelled out in the Bill of Rights, especially the First Amendment. We have the right to live in freedom, which includes freedom of speech and religion and assembly. And those freedoms, all the ideas, the founding idea of America is literally the number one issue in the 2020 elections because that very freedom, the very idea of what America is, is under assault today, not externally, not from someone trying to invade our borders, although we do have that issue too, but internally in America, we have a growing movement on the American left, the radical left, that simply does not like those founding core ideas, the ideas that we have God-given rights, and also simply the idea because we have a, a, we're a country based on Judeo-Christian values, the idea that the concept of truth exists. 
or to say it more precisely, that truth itself exists. Much of the American left is pushing the argument on issue after issue after issue that there's no such thing as truth, there's no such thing as right or wrong, there's no such thing as moral, not moral, that every every issue on the planet, every the economic systems, the political systems, everything is just a matter of competing uh, ideologies and they all are equally morally equivalent. We have the moral equivalency of all ideas as the premise of the American left. We, ha we are losing in our American political conversation the concept that truth exists and that we are, as free people in this country, not only permitted to, but we have an obligation as the patriots of this generation to stand up for those ideas, to articulate them, to explain them, to apply them to the issues of our time. So today, on this Deep Dive Monday, I'm going to dive into the question of what is the meaning and identity of America? And in particular, to try to lay out the two very different versions of what it means, what America means in this time, because that is really what's on the ballot in 2020. And that, my friends, is today's first five. I want to turn and talk about Bernie Sanders. Um, you know, he's a... The, uh, Bernie Sanders, the Democrat presidential candidate, um, he's actually slipping in the polls a little bit. He was, uh, for quite a while, appeared, appeared he was the number one guy. Um, he's behind the um, po in polling now, behind Joe Biden, and depends what state you're in, uh, he's being challenged by Elizabeth Warren, and I guess Kamala Harris also appears in some of those polls. But Bernie Sanders typifies the, the American left and the ideas I want to talk about today. In Bernie Sanders' campaign, he is one of the most honest of all of the Democrat presidential candidates, and even, frankly, of the Democrat senatorial candidates when he runs for Senate. He is perfectly willing to acknowledge that his ideas fall on the political spectrum into the radical left Democrat socialist ideas. He's fine saying that, which makes him more honest than many of the other Democrats running who literally embrace very, very similar ideas, but they, they are smart enough or, or they're strategic enough to realize that may not fly in America, so they stick with their depiction of themselves as they are Democrats or they are progressives. But I want to hit on two things about Bernie Sanders, and then we're going turn to talk about a conference that happened in America over July 4th weekend with a socialist, a socialist conference. But on Bernie Sanders, a lot of you probably saw that his campaign has gotten quite a bit of bad publicity in the last few days about the issue that his own staff, he has staff in the big, in the I guess, probably in every state, but certainly in the big, the important swing states, the early primary states, he has a staff already working for him as he pursues the Democrat presidential nomination, and his staff is unionized, like, like, a, like a manufacturing plant. His staff is unionized, and he negotiates with them. And he is suffering from the reality that his staff is complaining to the media. In fact, one of them wrote a letter to the Washington Post essentially saying, Bernie Sanders isn't really honoring in our campaign this $15 an hour minimum wage thing that he keeps telling America there needs to be at least a $15 minimum wage. And so these workers are saying, you know, we might get, be getting 15, but that's only if we really only worked whatever the number of hours is, you know, 40 hours a week, but all of us work much more than that. And many people are getting something more like $13 an hour. So they're in a wage dispute with Bernie Sanders. 
compounded with they're in a dispute with him because Bernie Sanders policy, this is the guy running for president, promising free health care for everybody, Medicare for all, every single medical care you, issue you possibly have will be for free for everyone in America because we're going to have the government pay for it, which means the taxpayers pay for it. But Bernie Sanders on his own staff is not providing health care insurance to the people who earn less than $60,000 a year. His staffers, the one gripe, ones griping about the minimum wage issue, earn something like $36,000 a year. They want to raise to $48,000 a year or so to essentially keep them at their $15 an hour wage because they're working more than 40 hours. Point is, Bernie Sanders has figured out that his crazy socialist ideas don't work. Even in the little microcosm of his own campaign, they don't work. He cannot afford to pay free health care for these people on his staff who are, who are literally the ones who would most need help paying for health care insurance. He won't pay for it because he realizes it costs too much money. Somehow that hasn't sunk in enough to him, so he'll turn and then ultimately change his mind about this policy he has in Washington, a uh, policy he wants to bring to Washington, a free health care for all. The other quick thing I wanted to hit on uh, with Bernie is just remind you, I think that one of the most significant political speeches probably of his entire career was a speech he made at George Mason University. It was a, 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 a no, George Washington University. It was a speech to students in which he outlined you know, what he stands for, what he wants to do. And Bernie Sanders finished this speech, you can actually Google it and watch it, or if you go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, and you go to the homepage under shows and go down to list of links, it'll take you to the transcript of this speech. In this speech, I'm sure Bernie Sanders staff told him the most eloquent thing he could say, the most profound message he was conveying is he said we have to revisit, he said something true, he said we have to revisit the question, what does it actually mean to be free? Those were his words, what does it actually mean to be free? And he went on to make a list, a litany of things that actually cost money and saying, his question to the students who are, of course, hysterically clapping and jumping up and down because they have no idea about the economic reality of life, Bernie Sanders was saying, are you really free if you don't have free health care? Are you really free if you cannot afford to take the amount of time you'd like to take off from work after you have a baby, you know, for paid, paid maternity leave or paid, paid parental leave? Are you really free? And he went through list after list after list. They weren't just healthcare things. Um, you know, he, he taught, well, if you can't go afford to go to a doctor when you want to, you, if you spend half of your, are you truly free if you spend half your limited income on housing and are forced to borrow money to pay for other things? He's saying to people, his argument is the only way he sees you, the American citizens, as free, truly free, is that everything that costs you money should be given to you by the government. That's his argument. You're not really free unless the government takes care of everything you need, which means the taxpayers pay for everything you need or want. This goes to housing and college education, education of all kinds. It goes to food and, and health care. This is a guy 
if he were being really honest with America, he wouldn't really call himself a Democrat socialist. He's pretty much of a communist. Now, we have other political parties, and hopefully we could get rid of them someday if he ever were to be elected. But this is a guy who's running on the platform, the government should take care of your every need. Contrast that with what President Trump is doing, ran on and is doing, which is bringing more jobs to America reducing regulation by the federal government so that more jobs are available to Americans, increasing the number of Americans working in every category, every racial ethnic category across the country, increasing the percentage of people working who are then able to be self-sufficient, self-reliant. That's a great core distinction just from the very beginning as we get through today. The issue in 2020 is what kind of America will we have? What does America mean? To Bernie Sanders and, frankly, all the wackos on the American left, it means move toward socialism as fast as you can. Move toward government-provided everything, which is only paid for by government confiscation of the wealth of private citizens. And I don't mean just private citizens like the really wealthy, the people who are you know, able to uh, you know, have seven yachts and ten houses or whatever it is. The everyday American, middle-class America, middle America would be burdened to death by the taxes that would have to be imposed on them to pay for this stuff that Bernie Sanders is providing for free. And that, my friends, is the Bernie Sanders, uh, he, it's, it's fake freedom, folks. What he's selling you is fake freedom. He already can't, he can't implement the policies he stands for when he's dealing with his own staff. So Bernie Sanders, fake freedom, don't get sucked in. I want to turn, though, and talk about the big uh, contrast I want to make uh, today. So over July 4th, in an astonishing, you know, if it were a sentence, it would be an oxymoron, like a socialist conference on July 4th, which is a celebration of freedom. But there was a socialist conference in America, um, I think it was in Chicago, over 4th of July weekend. And seriously, what a ridiculous oxymoron, <laughs> the idea that people pursuing socialism would choose the July 4th holiday, although the truth is people who like socialism don't celebrate freedom, so I guess it actually makes a ton of sense. But there was a gentleman from the Heritage Foundation who went to the conference, and I think it was in Chicago, but he went to this conference and he basically, this is the uh, this is a conference, a socialism conference, and he laid out some things I think are just world-class eye-opening for all of us who think or we know anyone who thinks that socialism just means being nicer and sharing. Socialism just means a little more generosity, a little bigger government assistance programs, a little bigger you know check for, for amount of money allotted to food stamps, or a little bigger housing allowance. Socialism means the destruction of America. And I want to run through, this is just a socialist conference, these people who are pie in the sky, you know, they want all this. To start with, the theme, the motto for the conference, this socialism conference uh, over July 4th weekend was, this, here is the um, conference, the, the conference tagline, no borders, no bosses, no binaries. So we're going to go into the, this gentleman who from Heritage who went to it uh, kind of laid out some of the top points they made. I'm going to add a few more on. But I want you to see both what they say they stand for 
and how far along the path America seems to be already, or not just America as a country, but our kind of political culture in this country, our political conversation in America is slowly embracing these radical ideas, and I want to run through them. Okay, just to start with, the first thing he talked about is understand these are people talking about serious socialism. They're not talking about, can't we slightly increase food stamps? They're talking about the socialistic control over, as you know, as the traditional definition has been of socialism, the control over the means of production, controls over, uh, you know, industries, businesses, control over the things in society that we in, in America have always understood to belong in the private sector. And so they have, part of it they have is just a, a sense of a, an attempt to paint capitalism or freedom or free markets as unfair, as kind of a bad news deal, as unfair to people. And so I want, as, as just one example of how they've begun to make headway, this radical left socialists in this country have started to make headway on selling this idea that capitalism isn't fair and somehow socialism would be. At Harvard this year, what the graduation um, exercises, uh, one of the uh, commencement speakers is named Rakesh Karana, and he opened his class day speech. This is a guy speaking at Harvard's graduation. He opened it talking about the capitalist ethos, E-T-H-O-S, ethos, the capitalist ethos, which he described as, we deserve to win because of our skill, our hard work, and our contributions. And this guy, who is a professor of business and sociology at Harvard, was describing this capitalist ethos that we deserve to win because of skill, hard work. He basically said he's mystified by that belief. He compared the American free enterprise system to the game of Monopoly. How, hey, you roll the dice, turns out you could land in jail or you could land on, you know, the boardwalk and win all the, whatever it is you win, a monopoly. He compared the capitalist system to a game of monopoly. And the reason, I'm, and I could read many more of his quotes, but there are a lot of examples I want to go through springing out of this socialist conference. But the idea that a guy was actually savvy enough to be able to teach at Harvard and to be invited to make remarks at the commencement, this is a guy who is teaching students that there is no connection between hard work and reward. Now, he went on to talk about how, you know, in, in this country we need to stop using words like deserved and deserving because they don't account for systemic inequities in our society. He urged listeners to junk the myth of the self-made person. He's, and so he's, he is down on the idea of the self-made person, down the idea of people being successful due to hard work. He's mocking the idea that success in America might lead, or hard work might lead to success. He's trying to sever the connection in the minds of these students between hard work and reward. This is a Socialist 101 goal. Cause people to ignore or fail to respond or fail to relate to the idea that hard work is rewarded in our society and so he and he went on and on with, with ideas like that um, he talked about the you know the idea that chance plays a role in human affairs and you know we have to work toward market, making a more sustainable equitable society blah 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 but he's teaching this to Harvard students as though this is the enlightened view that don't be thinking that freedom matters don't be thinking hard work matters so that was the first thing from the socialist conference uh, next thing from the socialist conference was you know they're serious socialists they really want to have 
have wealth redistribution. They really want to sever the respect for capitalism and freedom and free markets. The next one was they were heavy into the issues of gender and identity politics. That was a huge thing. They plastered over the doors of all the restrooms in this conference center instead of men's room, ladies' room. They you know, they posted binary or you know some other word, essentially trying to ignore the reality that there are actually men and women in life, in reality. They have no connection to truth. So they did this at this conference that everybody was supposed to be happy to use the binary bathrooms, uh, the non-binary bathrooms, so any bathroom, whoever happens to be in here, and people were using them in, you know, in all sorts of ways that might be uncomfortable to the person with average sensibilities. This caused me to leap to one story I want to share with you. Just This happens to be out of Canada, but there is a, a man in Canada. Um, he is a transgender man, so he's, uh, he's, what he is is a biological male, a biological male who is, wants to be a woman, so he's saying I'm a transgender woman, but he's a man. He's still biologically a man. He tried to use a waxing service. I'm going to be very discreet in the way I describe this, but there's a thing called the Brazilian wax, waxing, that women get, you know, waxing a hair removal process, women sometimes get when they're going to go to the beach and wear very, very little bikinis. So they want hair not visible. So this male, and we have his picture, my happy producer Matt has him coming up, but this male showed up at a Canadian Brazilian wax place. This this person right there is a guy. This is a guy pretending to be a woman. And he showed up at this Brazilian wax place still being biologically, anatomically male and asked to have a Brazilian wax. He wanted this woman owner to give him a Brazilian wax. And so the woman said, no, I'm not comfortable with that. You know, very, so this guy, this male you're staring at here is now suing and he's actually ended up in a human rights court in Canada. And, and they described the first hearing they had, he got hysterical yelling, raising his voice at the hearing that this was going to be a, just, a, just a grotesque violation, injustice. This will set a terrible pattern. If this man can't show up and get someone to give a woman to give him a Brazilian wax, which is designed for bathing or in the bathing suit bottom area. So where we are and this gender identity craziness is that this, the country of Canada actually had to take him seriously. Listen to the complaint rather than say, you know what, buddy, you're a guy and this woman doesn't have to give you that waxing thing because she's not comfortable. And just because you want to pretend you're a woman, doesn't mean everybody else has to join your pretend. You're allowed to dress as a woman. You're allowed to reassert your name, change your name. You're allowed as an adult to engage in surgery, whatever it is you want to do to try to actually transition to be a woman. But you're not entitled to drag the rest of sane society into your fantasy. You're a guy. But we are so far down the path of humoring this lack of truth, this idea that this is a man he wants to be a woman, you know, not in my business, fine, but he doesn't have the right to force his confusion and fantasy on everyone else. But the left is pushing this idea because they start with the idea truth doesn't exist, so therefore anyone, whoever this guy is, has the right to be whatever gender he thinks he is when he woke up that day. So that was one example of this crazy, uh, this craziness on, on gender politics being played out by the American left. Again, at this socialist conference, I'm going to make a big point about this socialist conference when we're all done. Another was the idea of race and uh, racial politics and, and racial identity. 
huge, heavy emphasis on the um, idea of race being the defining factor of people's existence. You're not really, a, a, you know, an American, or you're not really a, you know, resident of the state of Texas or New York or California. You are your race. It is your identity, and that is the part of the American left's push to just both, both eviscerate the value and, and greatness of the idea of being an American, and also to to endlessly divide America into racial categories which they then pit against each other or try to bind all these hyphenated groups together these grievance groups together and say stand with us we're the american left all you grievance groups we managed to get you so outraged that now you come along with us and we'll fix everything as a really interesting example of how far the left has come with pre presenting this idea that your race is your identity there was a rasmussen poll rasmussen poll that said 32% of Democrat voters polled, 32% of Democrat voters polled say it is racist for any white politician to criticize the political views of a politician of color. Let that sink in. They are not saying they might feel suspicious if a white politician criticized a politician of color, or they might question their motives. They're saying it's racist if you are a white politician to even ever question the views of a politician of color. Lots of other junk in there, but this is really insidious of the destruction of the idea of America, the idea of being have an identity as an American, that people are so pilloried and, and squished into a silo the left is pushing you into, that that's what you think, that, that, make, that even makes sense to you, the idea that people who happen to have white skin aren't allowed to think or say something that might be taken as critical of someone who happens to have black skin, that, that is the most racist, bizarre assumption of all. There are a lot of other ones, but I want to keep rolling along in what this, this socialist conference um, talked about. They also, at this socialist conference, view your people's support of open borders as a litmus test. If you support building the wall, border security, you know, fixing immigration, getting clear on who, what the asylum standards are. If you support anything about cracking down on immigration, that is a litmus test and you're a bad person. You're not playing the socialist game. And so I just want to mention a few other things, how far the left has come in planting the seed in our culture and frankly in the culture of countries in, the, uh, in Central America whose citizens are coming up flooding our borders planted the seed that even having a border is impermissible, unacceptable. So border agents in the great state of Texas, people over this past weekend, there were people who were storming, storming the people from uh, Central America coming across, storming the gates, trying to push their way into America to argue they have the right to be here because they want to be here, because they want to live in America. And it doesn't matter that we're a separate country, that we have laws, that we have borders, that we have policies, we have immigration policies, we have as asylum policies. These border agents dealing with these 50 people who stormed the Rio Grande Bridge gate and the border agents had to use tear gas to stop them, tear gas to push them back to say get out of here. And these migrants were physically abusive to the border agents, punching, kicking, and fighting. And I got to tell you folks, 
The American left owns this problem. They have instilled the idea in people living in countries outside of America that and not only is anyone welcome that we have open, you know, we have you know very friendly scene. You have the right to come here, and they're being told, "Don't you think that someone can stop you? If you want to come to America, we're going to welcome you." Don't believe those crazy border patrol people ought to be able to stop you. You have the right to break our laws, the right to burst through our borders, because we said so. Because borders don't matter. So this globalist mindset that just eviscerates the value of a border, the meaning of a border, is has been implanted not just in the minds of all the radical leftists who are constantly fighting border patrol and complaining about ICE and supporting the sanctuary cities. People in other countries have gotten this idea from the American left. You can just storm the border. Hey, come on in. You know, it's a, it's a, everything's free here. Uh, there's also, by the way, polling, uh, good news polling. A majority of Americans want mass deportations of illegal aliens following Congress's failure to solve the problem. We also had, uh, just in this, this way in which we have illegal aliens in our country and we have the left protecting them, hiding them, in uh, Los Angeles over the weekend, or last week, there was an arrest of 22 um, MS-13 gang members, an MS-13 uh, being an El Salvadorian gang, a violent El Salvadorian gang in Los Angeles, arrest of 22 of them uh, for committing heinous murders with machetes. Literally, macheting people to death and cutting their hearts out physically. And this is Los Angeles, 14 of those 22 illegal aliens. I mean, there's story after story after story, the crimes committed by illegal aliens, and yet we have the American public unsure whether or not we should be a little tougher on securing the border. We have a huge issue in North Carolina with illegal immigrants driving the child sex crime trade. Uh, that was a big story over the weekend, but I digress. Borders, the so back to our socialist uh, conference, understand this is a socialist. This conduct is a result of the socialist mindset that's saying, no borders. We like globalism. Doesn't matter who comes here. Everybody come on in. Um, they also had uh, the green movement and uh, just the radical leftism of the, uh, the, the radical environmentalists. You know, we have the Green New Deal, which I didn't bring a particular story about today. But the uh, freshman four, the squad, all support the Green New Deal. Most of the Democrats running as president for president have either firmly come out in support of it or at least said some friendly nice things about it. The Green New Deal is, is only a little bit about environmentalism. It is about environmentalism, but it's pretty much the leftist takeover of this country. And this is what was being touted and cheered at this socialist conference. They also had this um, notion, this guy's observation was, don't dismiss the socialists on the left as just a tiny little minority. Don't dismiss them as just the extreme to be ignored. It's a rising ethos, his term, rising ethos in mainstream Democrat thought. I could have told him that, but that is a true story. Uh, there's also just uber protection of anything related to Islam. Islam may not be criticized. Islam, you can't even point out true things about Islam uh, or else you, you have violated the socialist rules for America. This brings one last story up from this particular conference. Uh, you may have seen the story over the weekend, but a beauty uh, contestant, a beauty queen, and we have her picture. She is actually really beautiful, um, is a, was removed by the Miss World America pageant 
removed and look at her sweet face first of all she's really pretty she's an asian girl and she's obviously a trump supporter and she was removed as the winner i think it was michigan i don't know what state she was from but removed by the miss world pageant because she put on social media conservative ideas like she put for example that she thought it was wrong that in islamic majority countries women are forced to wear the hijab if they don't want to she actually resisted when she was on her college campus some girls trying to forcibly make her try on a hijab and she said i don't like the hijab thing i think it's bad for women i don't want to do it these were the things and she so she made several other comments on social media these bringing up two points about the socialist intolerance of everybody else's views one being anything related to islam is simply honored period full stop cannot ever criticize no matter what happens and then number two this back this idea we talked about a few days ago about progressive privilege this young woman put things on her social media. They were not racist, but they're called that. If you even mention Islam, they're called racist. If you mention any topic that the left has not agreed with your view about, you are called a racist. And this is what happened to this young girl. So this beauty pageant, I wouldn't want her to be in the beauty pageant. That's how they're going to be. But they took her, they removed her for uh, uh, insensitive remarks. And basically, she's putting out what millions of Americans think, but the left-wing media, that seems to control so much in this country, uh, prevailed on the uh, Miss Universe people and they, they took away her, um, her award. The, last, uh, the other things in the Socialism Conference, you want to contrast the America of our future. Um, they have massive forced wealth redistribution. Um, that is the greatest thing ever. We, we have to talk about that another day. Uh, this whole idea of social justice, which means whatever the view is the left wants becomes the social justice. They get to say what it is. So justice, like I work really hard, work my way up from low income to being successful, but I have to send all my money into Washington to pay other people who never want to work. That's not a social justice problem to the left. Social justice is only what they say it is. Um, there's endless, uh, just anyway, there, it goes on and on. And I want to close this discussion about the socialist conference with this point. If you step back from all of these different policy views that the left is embracing, and this, this, the radical left is embracing at the socialist conference, you could make the argument that they are just factually unrelated. Why, for example, if you're an extreme environmentalist, if you're really, really worried about climate change, and so you really, really like the Green New Deal, why would that mean that you would have any particular position about border security? Why wouldn't you like border security? I mean, if all you're concerned about is the environment, what's wrong with border security? Or if you're really, really a radical, radical LGBTQ advocate and you think that, you know, people should get to change their gender every day and that you should be able to sue somebody if they won't agree with you and what gender you want, you're radically into that idea. Why would you, what does that have to do with the environmental agenda? What does it have to do with the racial agenda? What does it have to do with the border agenda? And I'm making this point, I go on and on with all those comparisons, but making that, uh, drawing these analogies to make this point. The core that connects the socialist mindset in this country is utter hatred of Christianity, utter hatred of truth, utter hatred for the Western civilization values that built America. The, 
thread that runs through all of these ideas is just it's, it's extreme godlessness. There's no God. There's no justice. There's no source of uh, reward for hard labor. There's no meaning to America. It is the utter rejection of the very identity of America. The idea of America founded on the values we talk about on this show all the time. It is a rejection of the idea that the ideas of America matter. It's a rejection of the idea that, the, that there is such a thing as truth and that there is right and wrong, that morality does exist. Some, and they're, oh, they're, of course, big into abortion. We didn't get off on that one today, but morality uh, is, is to be rejected by the left. The whole notion of the American left distilled down is they hate the idea of America. They hate the founding values of America. They hate the founding Judeo-Christian ideas that informed the creation of America. They hate all of it. They work very hard on all these individual issues, but the you know, uniting theme is just disdain for the idea that truth exists, that America was founded as a nation on Judeo-Christian values designed and, and they are the reason for America's success and prosperity and stability and continuity. This is, the left's ideas are the absolute destruction of America. And it's really important to get that point. It's nothing less. It is not fixing America. It's not improving America. It's not making America a little bit better. Okay, and these folks, the radical socialists at the conference, okay, I'll agree with you, they are radical. But the Democrat Party is not far behind them. And this is, in fact, what they stood for, I didn't read anything in my, all the reading about the Socialist Conference. I didn't read one thing that was inconsistent with the views taken by the squad, the freshman four, who are giving Trump such a hard time. This is exactly where they are. This is profoundly anti-American. This is why Trump is right to call them out for their anti-Americanism. He's right. And then by contrast... There was another conference last week. In fact, I think it might still be ongoing in Washington. Maybe it's this week, and I didn't even know about it. But it's a conference, um, it's, and there was a uh, piece written in the Wall Street Journal about it. You can get to it on my website, americacanwetalk.org. Scroll down under homepage, under shows, and links to it. But it was a conference called the American Conservatism Conference. And these people were trying to say, you know, what is it we're trying to conserve about America? What does conservatism mean? I quite often give the answer, you conserve America, preserve it, conserve it, if you preserve the promises of the Declaration of Independence and the setup for our country in the Constitution. Those are supposed to be our founding documents. That's what America is. It's the country that grew out of those profound promises in the Declaration and the promises or the, the structure of America set up in the Constitution. But this was a good conference. These people tried to lay out some of the ideas that they had. They were basically talking about, you know, we have to have a country where we are willing to, um, you know, agree that there's something good about America, that this rise in nationalism in America is pretty much a defensive, you know, this whole America first and rise in populism, nationalism, it's a defensive rise in thought coming from the heartland of America in response to how radical the left is. It is a rising response in, in wanting to overthrow, to expose, denounce, and just overthrow these ideas of the American left. That's what the rising nationalism is. The left tries to paint it as, oh, this is, you know, nationalism just means they only want uh, white people or they only want uh, Christians or they only want, you know, this is, try they try to, they, they 
take their attack into it from the mindset of the American left, which is always to somehow go after race or ethnicity or religion versus the founding ideas of America. So this conference did a good job talking about the nationalism, the rise in love of America and America's first and putting America's interests at first comes in defense from to what the left is doing. But they went to uh, a bunch of particulars. They talked about uh, that the failure of the left to secure America's borders and provide regular procedures for immigration and assimilation. The failure of the left to point to deal with the crisis at the border. They have uh, we have too much of delegation to America's lawmaking of America's lawmaking to international bodies, foreign bodies, domestic bureaucracies. The idea of retaining the concept of American sovereignty, which is the only basis upon American sovereignty, is the only basis on which we can hold on to the idea of America. They talk about the divisions. The left just works so hard to divide America uh, along the lines of race and religion and outrage groups and minority groups and skin color groups and that this is this is pivotal this is a, a, a intentional effort a pivotal effort by the American left to divide America to make us ungrateful for unappreciative that we don't even talk about the unifying ideas of America because we're so busy being uh, pushed around by the left's endless categorization of hyphenated groups and grievance groups and, and the latest outrage groups and this is the freshman four this is all they live for is, is to somehow further divide America another big point they made is that there has been too much of a neglecting uh, in our country of core promises to our country in our country like freedom of speech we have the left shutting down speech through political correctness through academia in in dozens of ways Free speech has been under assault. Due process has been under assault. Uh, the idea of separation of powers. We talked with Tom Giovanetti last week from IPI who was talking about the idea we have wrongly surrendered uh, the three equal co-branches in the federal level to letting the Supreme Court be uh, have supremacy and that we can't function like that. It wasn't intended by the uh, founders. So it was really, um, and this conference also talked about we have to get, we're never going to get the elusive American left unity like struggling for American unity, which is really what the left is always trying to say. Oh, we want unity. Just, just can't you know, listen to us. We want unity. When the leftists say they want unity, what they mean is they want to force you and every other American to salute to whatever the left stands for. They mean unity, meaning they decide all issues, all values, all policies, all programs, and unity is achieved when you salute to them. When people, when these people at this conservative conference are addressing that, they're saying, look, we're a country of, you know, 320 plus million people. People have their own ideas, their own values, their own beliefs. We can't, we're not going to get to unity. That's a farce. It's a, it's a false goal. And, but what we can get to is more of a sense of a collective purpose, an agreed upon purpose for our country, which has to be to preserve the ideas of our founding, the collective purpose to preserve the right of the individual to pursue his or her, uh, you know, um, their version of happiness, their version of how they want to live their life, how they want to express their liberty, their version, each individual's right to freedom of speech and assembly and freedom of religion. These rights, we can have a collective 
recommitment to those, and we can have a collective purpose to say, whatever else we do, whatever policies we move toward, we're not going to take away those rights. We can have some collective purpose. We're never going to have this, you know, this, this uh, farce of a unity goal that the left is always uh, talking about. Um, so anyway, it was, it was those two interesting conferences happening in this last week were really both, um, they were eye-opening as I get around to making my, my point about what today's uh, show is all about. I want to do my final little segment on what American nationalism means. Nationalism is being attacked and mocked by the left, by leftists, because what's really happening when people talk about nationalism is they're talking about preserving fundamental liberties, the rights of each individual, rights from God, simply because we were born, as recited in the Declaration of Independence, that we're all equal, that we have rights from our Creator, not from the left or from the government or the UN, rights from our Creator, and that the purpose of government is to protect those rights. These are fundamental American ideas. These ideas are antithetical to the mission of the American left, which is to collectivize power in Washington, to take more and more control out of the lives of individuals, to have more and more of our daily life controlled and managed and orchestrated from, the, from Washington, D.C., from the American left collectivist mindset. This is what the American left is all about. Nationalism, what American nationalism means, it is restoring and renewing our commitment to the founding ideas of this country. It is calling out loudly and harshly how radically off base, how radically un-American the socialist agenda is, how unacceptable it is in a country committed to the individual and his or her right to live in freedom, committed to the rights promised to us in the Bill of Rights, what the left wants will destroy all of that. American nationalism is, out, is about, in, in many, 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 we can lay out just, you know, talk for weeks and weeks, and we probably will, about the many pieces and, and, and aspects of it and values behind it. But at its core, at its core, the idea of America's founding was this idea that we have rights from God, that we have freedom of religion, that we, there is such a thing as truth, to loop back to our first five today, that truth exists, that morals do matter, that we have a source of morality that is our creator, that is not the American left telling us that anything goes is the new morality, that, any, that people can be whatever gender they want every day they wake up and they can change reality, they can change truth. This, this real idea of nationalism, this right idea of nationalism that is, has people on fire around this country is really about restoring our founding, of, our founding ideas, these, these precious, timeless, extraordinary gifts our founder gave us, founders gave us in the Declaration and the Constitution, the idea of the right to live in liberty. And it is just, you have a, once you understand that, your, your rights are spelled out for you. There's a visceral rejection of what the American left is trying to do to this country, a visceral rejection. You know, folks, I do this show every day, America Can We Talk, for the purpose of trying to speak out uh, about America and speak out about how extraordinary, great, and unique it is. And I want to thank you. I, I will tell you I'm very, very grateful to see we have a growing audience, a, a significantly growing audience uh, on Facebook and on YouTube. And I want to urge you, if you are enjoying my show, 
Number one, remember you can all, if anything ever happens with the social media, you can always find me at my website, americacanwetalk.org. I am never going to stop talking about America. And you could also email me at americacanwetalk at gmail.com and I will put you on our once a week mailing list. It, you get just from me, one only a week, and it's an email that has links to our, um, to our shows, to the highlights of the shows, as a way we can always stay in touch. And as you likely know, I always close, close this show by sharing with you why I believe the stories we talked about today matter to you. Uh, and first, we talked about Bernie's bogus freedom and why it matters to you. Bernie's compensation struggles with his own unionized campaign staff shine the light of economic reality on his campaign to mandate for higher minimum wage. Bernie's willingness to deprive his lowest paid staff of health insurance coverage shows his own self-interested rebellion against socialist-style mandates that he's trying to sell. Bernie doesn't believe or practice what he demands for America. His campaign proves his ideas don't work. Bernie's bogus freedom number two. Socialism is built on cultivation of envy and then entitlement, ignorance of human nature. It severs the tie between reward and hard work and ignoring economic reality. The colossal failures we can all see in front of us are the only possible outcome. Venezuela, Cuba, demoralized, desperate, devastated economies. The answer to Bernie Sanders, are you really free? His famous speech is, we will lose our freedom if we demand government. The taxpayers pay for our every need. Bernie and AOC and all the other Democrat socialists are selling America poison. Don't swallow it. And the socialist conference in D.C. or Chicago, wherever it was, the snapshot view of life, which is, and I didn't even get into this, I'm going to have to do it next time. The, whole, the socialists are always taking a snapshot of today. This person poor, this person rich. Solution is take rich person's money, give it to poor person, instead of developing the idea of working hard for reward. The snapshot view of life in the economy leads to snapshot policy prescriptions. It's a godless view of humanity and leads to amoral policies, instantaneous wealth redistribution, which will have to happen over and over. No such thing as merit, only privilege. No more individuality or responsibility, just group membership. No more men and women, just malleable cell clusters. That's a good term for them. Eliminating borders that protect America's culture and ideals brings globalism governing. Socialism brings an end to freedom, an end to the work ethic, an end to a biblically-based moral living in our society. Conservative conference, this why it matters, the stakes in 2020 are becoming clearer, higher and higher and more fundamental. America as founded or America destroyed. Secure borders, robustly enforced immigration system, reviving the concept of citizenship, reassertion of the idea of sovereignty that does not surrender to international organizations at the expense of national strength or well-being, reinvigorating the identity of being an American above racial or ethnic identities, separation of powers, protection of the freedoms of speech, religion and assembly. These are fundamental folks. And finally, in this American nationalism, it is not about blind allegiance to geography. It's not about race or about group identity politics. It's about loyalty to the idea that we are a country rooted in freedom and committed to honoring the idea that we each have individual rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness from our creator. Government in our system is there to protect these liberties and our rights not to control our lives. This commitment makes America different, special, and exceptional. 
And friends, as I mentioned, this is the end of America Can We Talk for today. As I mentioned, I do this show every day out of love of this country. And I urge you to like us on Facebook. Feel free to review the Facebook page. Follow me if, you, if you're watching on YouTube. Follow me or subscribe on YouTube. Love to hear from you on email, talk at gmail.com. Welcome. I try to keep up. I'm way behind, but I do try to respond. And last, I want to just tell you this kind of summary I try to say every week about what I, why I do this show. America is the greatest experiment in human liberty that has ever blessed this earth. America matters. Talk to you tomorrow. America, can we talk truth about America? Can you hear-